0: This morning I want to continue in the vein of uh, fighting for identity because identity is a multifaceted thing, it's not just one thing and we looked at an aspect of it last week and this week we're looking at a different aspect of it and, and really it's this understanding of uh, the interrelationship with how authority, which means submission and responsibility, how that contributes to my sense of identity. And the story that we've had read for us is, is brilliant. And I want to encourage you, if you've got a Bible with you, open it up so you can look at this text. This uh, story, because... And this is one of the most... One of the, it's a very interesting passage in the scripture because uh, in one sense, Jesus isn't the hero of this particular story. A, a Gentile, a non-Jew is... Um, a Roman centurion is the hero in this, in this story, if you look at it. Um, Jesus is the ultimate hero, of course, because he heals the man's son, uh, servant. Um, but in essence, Jesus makes this man. Now, if you think about what's going on in here, you've got um, a small fishing village on the shores of Lake Galilee. Capernaum is what we call it and uh, Julie and I visited there and others of you have visited there and others of you are looking to go and visit there and it's, it's worth going to see so in the context of this, this village there's obviously uh, the occupiers of the land are present there because they're present everywhere so the Roman military machine is present everywhere and there is a particular man he's a Roman centurion Uh, What does that tell you about him? He has a hundred men under him. That's right. So he's a Roman officer, centurion. Those of you that remember, how many of you did Roman numerals? You high school and young adults and, you know, did Roman numerals in school? How many? Yeah, good. A few more down the back. Yeah, love it. So centurion has a hundred men under him and... Uh, so he understands that part of his identity is the interaction between submission and responsibility. This is really, really important. For us as, as, as humans, it's important to understand these interactions. Very important to understand it from a Christian point of view as well, what this actually means. And um, so this image I've chosen in particular... Because it encapsulates, it because uh, you can see it's kind of made up. It's one image, but it's sort of sliced into bits, right? A bit like a jigsaw puzzle. In other words, because I was wanting to overflow with identity, and so there are different pieces to identity. And you can see that the person in the picture is doing what? Kneeling, which would be indicating submission. But they also have a sword. They have a weapon, which... We assume from the image that they know how to use, that they've been trained to know how to use it and they know when to use it and when not to use it. And the whole thing with authority is that from a Christian point of view, authority is something that we need to know where and when we can use it. Who and what we have authority over. And one of the one of the easiest ways to think about this is whose lives are you responsible for? So if you're a teenager, whose life are you responsible for? The short answer would be your own. Whose lives, if you're a teenager, whose lives you got responsibility over? The answer is typically none. Who do you need to be submitted to? Well, you need to be submitted to people in authority over you. But ultimately, it's first of all, it's submission to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's ultimately submission to Jesus first. So let's walk through this in the sense that to exercise authority, I have to be someone who has submitted myself to a higher authority. So from a Christian perspective... I look up to the throne, which we were beautifully encouraged this morning to do in worship, to the awesome throne of God, to the awesome God on his awesome throne. I submit myself to God's authority. Therefore, I am able to represent God's authority to those over who I reign. So, as a parent... I'm meant to be submitted to his authority and, I am, and therefore I'm given the authority and the responsibility for my family. You see, authority never comes without responsibility. Take, for example, the Prime Minister of Australia has the highest level of authority in the land and at the moment... Um, uh, he, he has authority and he has responsibility for an, to look after the nation, right? It's prime minister, right? The, uh, many of you work in places where there's a person in authority over you. Some of you own your own business. You, therefore, you are, the, you are the owner, you're the highest authority. But most others are working for someone else and there's different layers of authority within that organisation, and, and, you, and which when you respect those layers of authority, when you submitted rightly to them, you then are able to exercise authority over the people that you're entrusted to. If you've got people who you're supervising, right? And, and for us as, as people, followers of Jesus, we're always representing the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we're meant to be exercising our authority over people who, we, who are those who are entrusted to us in a way that reflects that king. That's why submission is so important. If, my, if I won't bow the knee to Jesus, then I can't be entrusted to manage resources on his behalf. Or, and if in my family situation, if I'm not bowing the knee to Jesus, then I'm liable to misrepresent him and mistreat my family who I have authority over. And some of you have sadly experienced that reality. Where parents have actually traumatised you in the way that they've treated you. Because they have used their authority wrongly. Sometimes governments misuse their authority. Wrongly. Sometimes they do that knowingly and perhaps sometimes they do that ignorantly. I think one of the realities... We will all have to get used to because the Bible talks about how there's going to be the increasing evil in the world as the return of Jesus draws closer. So there's going to be increasing opportunity to suffer at the hands of ungodly rulers who are usurping their authority and misusing it. And we, we, we're going to have to learn to carry our hearts in a Christ-centred, Christ-honouring way in the midst of suffering that will come to us. And that's why learning to live the Sermon on the Mount, learning to bless those who treat us evilly, who speak evil against us, learning not to retaliate evil with evil is so important. So this, this is this opportunity to cultivate the heart of Jesus again in all of our lives. In the body of Christ, in the church, people submitted to King Jesus receive his authority and the responsibility to use it as He would. Now one of the things that um, it's, imp- it's really important to understand that everyone has a measure of authority. Everyone has a sphere of authority. I want you to imagine that I have a tennis ball in my hand, because that's a sphere. That's a small sphere. So if you, if you understand that, it, you all have a measure of authority and some will have, uh, some will have a, a softball. All we'll know the size of a softball. Do you, do you know there's a sport called softball? Yeah. yeah, good. So there's tennis, there's golf balls, table tennis balls. These are all spherical in shape, aren't they? Yep, different sizes. Tennis ball, softball, right? Then you get a volleyball bit bigger soccer ball bit bigger beach ball bigger still I don't know what it comes up medicine balls what are the things you know those things you throw throw around that have got weights in them anyway so you you get the picture so there's different spheres of authority and so one of the things that Jesus tells us is that when we're faithful with the little things we can be entrusted when we're faithful with the authority that we're entrusted with we can, be, we can be given more and more and more authority. We c- that sphere can grow and expand. All right, so here's some simple ones. Let's start with um, teenagers again. I'm using teenagers this morning because it's kind of the smallest unit of measurement available to me. <laughs> Not because they're small, but because... There are teenagers in the room, and, and all of us who aren't teenagers, who are older than teenagers, have been teenagers, so you can all identify with this, okay? So teenagers who want their parents to trust them, or the people around them to trust them, one of the things that you can do is be faithful in little things. So what are the little things that you're being asked to do in your home? Perhaps things like make your bed each day at a certain time of the day, uh, put your washing into the washing basket, not just leave it you know these kind of things keep look after your room now clearly i 'm projecting my value system onto all of you because there 's probably heaps of you that think. No, no, our kids don't have to do any of that. We don't care. They can throw their clothes wherever they want. They don't have to make their beds. They can, you know, do whatever they want. That's okay. But for the purposes of my example... Let's just suppose that as a parent you want your children to keep their room tidy, you want them to make their bed, you want them to do the dishes, you want them to do those kind of things. So you're entrusting them with those responsibilities. And one of the most important things you can do is entrust children with responsibilities that are age-appropriate and keep on actually, as they show faithfulness in that, keep on enlarging that that level of responsibility so that they begin to manage more and more and more. uh, And... um, I know that cuts across some cultures because I know that there are cultures where uh, mum has to do everything, particularly for the son, until he leaves home um, and if he never leaves home, well, you know, she always does, does everything for him and so it's like, so I want to be careful with cultural representation here and trying not to get myself in too much hot water, but maybe we're beyond that already. Um, But here was a Roman centurion. And if you think about his journey, he would have started as a Roman what? Just a blank soldier, just a flat-out rank private, just a number. He's, he would have been one in a number. He would have been one of the 100 under a centurion. But clearly this man has been faithful with his responsibilities and he's been identified and he's grown up and become now. He's moved through the ranks and he now has responsibility for 100 men. And one of the things that's important to understand because, and again, I want to speak specifically to teenagers and young adults, because you live in a profoundly changing world, where some of the normal processes are completely circumvented and in one sense perverted or corrupted by social media and what I mean by this is you can post comments on social on someone else's social media who could be uh, who has who's who's is, is got some authority to speak on a matter, but you disagree with what they're saying and you can therefore throw something at them of a condescending nature and condemn them without any face-to-face contact, without having to have the courage that some of us have had to develop where we've had to front up to a person to disagree with them. And we've had to learn to do it with respect and maintain relationship. You're able to do that without any commitment to any ongoing relationship, either before that or after it. Never before in the history of the world has that been available for people. And all of that person's followers will see your comment and others can chime in on it and all those kind of things. And, and so you can do that and you will and you can do it in a way where you will not be demonstrating submission to anyone or responsibility for your comment either so we 're living in this really um, upended time we 're trying to navigate this, and so for teenagers and young adults, learning. The things of actually, I need to, to, if I want to have authority, I have to submit to a higher authority and I have to take responsibility for my words and my actions. This is crucial. In the work of the church, we are wanting all the time to grow leaders to grow people who are ones who are submitted to Jesus and submitted to the authority already existing within the body of Christ and who are and who will accept responsibility one of the easiest things it is to do is to criticize a decision where you are not responsible for its implementation Easy to do that. And, and, you know, sometimes you might be right. But what about if we asked ourselves, I wonder why those people, those leaders made that decision. I wonder what information they had available to them that perhaps I don't have available to me. You see, when you take that spirit of inquiry, that spirit of curiosity that I tried to unpack a few weeks ago in my talk, Why is the Sky Blue? When you bring that into the people that, you, that are in authority over, and if you come in a place of submission and say, please help me understand why you made that decision. The end of that conversation might be that you still don't think the decision is the best decision but you'll have more understanding. Whereas the quick response is to shoot off that email, post that comment, da-da-da, you know, you're a complete... You know, you've seen it all on social media, I'm sure, the comments that people make. But they're not the ones that have got responsibility for the decision. So it's the people that are carrying the load, the carrying the responsibility, right? You don't think they've thought this through as best as they're able to based on the best information available to them? They have. But they won't necessarily have got it right, even within the body of Christ. And you multiply that out in the complexity of of, you pull that all the way up to the highest levels of government and the complexity of governing a whole nation and you'll understand something of this. So I want to encourage you this morning to please think about the person who is responsible for making a decision and how you can support them. Children, I want you to think about how you can support your parents because they're responsible for making decisions for you. Which they do in your best interest. Believe me, they do for the most part. The overwhelming number of parents make, make decisions that they, for, in the best interest of their child. And so this, this reality of learning to live in this place. Now... One of the things as you go through life is you can get sceptical. You get sceptical and you don't trust people in authority. And I'd suggest to you this morning that the root of that is actually in a distrust of God. You're not confident in God's faithfulness. You're actually not confident that he will... Do what he's promised in your life. And so the thing to cultivate a heart of tenderness towards God at all times is what we need to do. To Keep our heart aligned with his heart. To keep our heart in the place that Jesus taught us to pray, didn't he, when he said... May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And if you think about what Jesus prayed in the Garden of Eden. Not the Garden of Eden. Wrong garden. He did. I'll ask him about that. Um, I'm thinking more particularly of the Garden of Gethsemane. When his prayer was in the middle of what he was about to undergo the most excruciating death that w- that was known to have existed at that time he knew the suffering and torment that he was physically going to walk through that nothing was going to protect him from that and he said father if it's possible could this cup pass from me but not my will but yours be done i want to fulfill all of your good purposes and so the understanding that actually suffering is part of God's work of forming us to be like his son, who suffered and died for us. And this interaction is so crucial for us to understand of authority, submission and responsibility. You cannot exercise, you cannot be trusted to exercise authority if you will not be responsible for the outcomes And there are many people that want authority. They want to tell people what to do, but they don't want to be responsible to work out what's actually best for those people. We're in relationship with a God who is wonderfully, wonderfully the ultimate authority, the one we can wonderfully and easily submit fully to, who is fully responsible for the decisions that he makes and he makes them for our good. And we can rest in that. We can rest our hearts in that. God is faithful. God is good in everything he does. Even when we don't understand it. Even when we're confused. One of the things also connected with authority and I want to shift away from the teenagers and the young adults, because I feel like they're done with me. They're like, we're over this. Can We just, just want to get out. And now want to talk to parents, one of the things you need to do as parents is learn how to function in your God-given authority in your family. Now, you go, we got that covered, Wayne. We're all over that. We tell our kids what to do. They don't do it, but we tell them what to do. We got the authority thing. No, you don't. Um, because there's this thing called spiritual authority. And one of the things you you quickly learn as a parent is that uh, there are things that your children believe that you did not tell them to believe about you or God or the universe or anything. There are lies that have been sowed into them. The things that they've picked up from culture, they've wandered around, they've seen billboards, they've seen magazines, they've seen adverts on TV, all those kind of things have led them to believe all sorts of things. Plus there's evil spirits, demonic spirits that lie to them and deceive them and want to to get them to rebel against God and all those kind of things. And so if you don't understand authority in the place, the authority that you have as as a mother, as a father, as a husband and wife together and know how to use that, you're going to, your family's going to be in trouble. So I want to just take a couple of minutes to unpack that. Uh, God began to teach Julie and I really about spiritual authority way, way back, way, way back before some of you were born. This is going all the way back to the late 1980s. And while we were pastoring in Catania Baptist Church and we had one son, And we began to learn about spiritual authority. We began to grow in this. We began to, we got new, God, I'll just say it this way. God gave us numerous on-the-job training opportunities that provoked us to go. We don't have answers for these things and provoked us to read and research, to go and search the scriptures. Where does, what is it about spiritual warfare? What is it that we're not understanding from the things that we've known and been taught in the past had, but. where do we go with that? So we read a lot of books, went to a lot of seminars. We learned a lot. We filtered things. We, went to, we were Bereans, which means we eagerly received things that Christians were teaching us. And then we, then we would go back to the study of the scriptures and go, can we see this in the scriptures? And if we could, yes, good. If not, we just left it to one side, pushed it away. And we learned a lot about growing in our authority and functioning in this, in our God-given authority and responsibility to see God's power accomplish his purposes in our family and in the sphere of influence he entrusted to us. Now, anyone that's prayed with me in this past week and a bit has probably heard the words of Psalm eighteen, thirty-two, and 34 coming out of my mouth because it's been burning in my spirit. God arms me with strength and he makes my way perfect He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, enabling me to stand on mountain heights. He trains my hands for battle. He strengthens my arms to bend a bow of bronze, to draw a bow of bonds. And it's that thing in particular that God trains me for battle and he strengthens my arm to draw a bow of bronze. Now, you see, this thing, you go... God has to get us stronger. He has to get us functioning as his people, knowing that we have authority and knowing how to use that authority against the demonic powers and principalities that are wanting to steal and kill and destroy from our marriages, from our families, from our relationships, from our church, from our school, all these everywhere. You see, if we are Christians, we ought not to be surprised that there are demonic schemes and strategies that come against us. We ought not to be... Demons, and, demons don't care, in one sense, about people who are not submitted to Jesus. Because demons already control them. And if, they, if their life looks untroubled, don't believe the propaganda. And if you go, our, why does our family have to fight so much... The reason is because if demons can destroy your family, if demons can destroy your marriage, if demons can destroy your relationship between your children and you, they win and they uh, have it, they they gain the tra- the place of being able to accuse Jesus in the wider culture. Does that make sense? Alright? So don't be surprised. That demonic schemes and strategies are raised up against you and your household. And it's this learning how to fight. It's saying, God, and I encourage you to pray this verse from Psalm 1834. Say, God, this is what David said. You trained my, his hands for battle. You strengthened him so that his arms could bend above bronze. Now, that's an archery thing that he's talking about there. I... I Never tried to bend one, but apparently they're very, very hard to bend. A bow made of bronze is very hard to bend. And only the strongest men can actually draw it back and let the arrow fly. This is what God wants to do for you. God wants to train you, husbands and wives, to fight together you're not married if you're a single parent he wants to still train you to use your God-given authority in your family he wants to strengthen you to be able to stand in that place now this is quite a process and this morning I want to open this up and to understand parents you have God-given authority. And husbands and wives, you have God-given authority over your household, and you will, but you, you need to learn to exercise it together and you need to learn to stand in the place of prayer. This is why husbands and wives need to pray together. You need to be praying for your children. You need to be pushing back against demonic powers and principalities that want to steal, kill and destroy your family, your marriage. One of the hardest things it seems, often, is for husbands and wives to actually pray together and to stand together. And I want to say straight out that that is actually demonic strategy. He'll do it in different ways. He'll keep you busy so that you feel like you don't have time. Uh, Or you'll set a time and just before that time you'll have conflict and you go, the last thing I feel like is praying with them. We just, you know... I still love them, but boy, I don't want to pray with them right now. But that's when you need to pray. This is what we've learned. That's that's the very moment you need to pray. You need to sort your issues out and pray. We've got to pray. We've got to pray. We have to understand that when we pray together, there's a dynamic that's available to us. We pray and we stand in the authority that we have in Christ because we have kneeled to Christ, we have submitted to Christ. We have authority that flows from that place of submission and authority and responsibility for our children. And we can pray prayers that push back demonic strategies against the destruction of our marriages and our families. God will take you on a journey for this. (coughs) Excuse me. So the question I actually want to leave you with this morning is, and this is for everybody, do you actually know how to use the authority God's delegated to you? Because you've got some. Teenagers, young adults, Singles, married, you've got some God-given authority. Do you know the authority that you have? Do you know the sphere of authority that God has given to you? Do you know how to use the authority God has given to you so that you see his purposes accomplished in that place, so that you see his kingdom being worked out? So the first thing is to ask the question of, are you submitted to Jesus as Lord? the roman centurion was submitted to the emperor of rome and therefore he could exercise the authority of rome in the realm that in the in the sphere of authority he had as a centurion it's the same principle and that's why jesus goes this guy's got it he understands so the question is Do you understand the thing? I've bowed the knee to Jesus. He is the Lord of heaven and earth. Therefore, I am not weak. I feel weak. But I'm not a weakling. I'm someone who has authority. And I'm going to learn to use God's authority in this place where I've got influence. To stand against demonic schemes and strategies raised up against us, so are you submitted to Jesus as Lord and the second thing I want to ask you is have you accepted responsibility for your choices your thoughts your feelings, and your behavior you accepted responsibility that those your choices are your responsibility one of the one of the um, I don't know how to say this. One of the most difficult, uh, corrupt things that can come out of your mouth is when you say to someone, you made me do this, you made me choose this, you made me feel this way. Because actually no one makes you feel any way. Your feelings are your responsibility. But you can say to someone, when you said this, when you did this, I felt this. I felt this when you did that. So I'm asking you, could you please not do that? But you're taking responsibility for your choices. You're taking responsibility for how that works out, for how all those things work out, for your feelings. You're taking responsibility for your behaviour. And when you misbehave, you take responsibility to repent and to go in humility and apologise and ask for forgiveness. Parents need to do this. Children need to do this. We need to do it in our workplaces. We need to do it in our house churches. We need to do it in our families. We just need to do it everywhere. When we misbehave we need to go and when we misspeak as well. When we say things we shouldn't, when we social media comment things we shouldn't, we need to take responsibility and deal with those things. So here's some things that you can do. Number one, it's always submission to Christ as Lord. Second is pursue faithful obedience to Jesus. This is ways that you can grow in functioning in your authority is faithful obedience to Jesus. Jesus will never give you more authority if you're, misbehe- if you're, if you're not obeying him. He just won't. Bible literacy is, is so important that you know the scriptures and it's Genesis to Revelation. And it's a lifetime of mastery. So we never get to the end of that process, everybody. Bible literacy, prayer and fasting are ways that we grow in our authority. All of these work together. Worship is a way we grow in our authority. Serving is a way we grow in our authority. And learning to use it in our sphere of influence is how we grow. So come back to this Roman centurion when he said to Jesus, I am a man under authority. And I am a man with authority. It's these things combined. I'm a man under authority. I'm submitted to the emperor of Rome. And and I'm a man with authority to exercise the power of Rome in this sphere of influence. And so you think of it from a Christian perspective. I'm a person under the authority of Jesus. Jesus completely submitted to jesus he can do whatever he wants with me he can send me wherever he wants me to go and therefore i'm able to exercise the authority of jesus in the sphere of influence that i've been entrusted to let's keep growing in this we've got to grow in this we've got to learn it more and more and it's that training for battle right don't be surprised at the battle it's Psalm 18.34. God, please train my hands for battle so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. In the, my And yeah, look, get into the gym and do that so that you can, like, by all means, women, head into the gym so that your arms can bend bows of bronze. Go for it. Um, husbands as well, men as well, we could get into the gym and learn to bend bows of bronze. But, it's, but we're talking about understanding and having the, the strength in the core of our being, to fight using the weapons and the authority that God's given us. Let's pray together. Worship team, please come on up and get ready to lead us in a song. This is we pray together this morning. I want to invite you in a fresh way to say, submit yourself to Jesus as Lord. If you've never done that, do it for the first time. Say, Jesus Christ, I surrender myself to you completely and give you control of my life. If you've done it in the past, just renew it in your heart this morning. Say, Jesus, I just remember that I'm submitted to you as my Lord. And then say, God, train me, train my hands for battle. Strengthen my arms so that they can bend a brow of bronze, Thirdly, say to the Lord that you you will from this day on accept full responsibility for your choices, your behavior, your feelings, the words that come out of your mouth, and you will bring them in submission to him so that you can use all those things to reveal him to people around about you. So, God, I thank you that you're taking us on this journey as a people. And, God, I thank you it's not just us. It's not just us, this little, little crew of people here in Fremantle, but I thank you there's something you're doing across the globe. You're training the church across the globe how to walk in the authority that you've given to us. Walk in that place of submission and, and responsibility as we get ready we're yearning for the day of your return Jesus and we understand that things are going things are going to happen as, a, as all history builds to that climactic arrival of you Jesus when you split the sky and we understand there's going to be calamity there's going to be upheaval and that what the, the upheaval we're going through right now is really just, a, just the beginnings of the beginnings of that There's so much more to come and we're going to need to be a people equipped to know the authority we have before you and how to function in that, how to use that authority in that hour to accomplish your purposes, to be in agreement with you, Jesus, to be in agreement with the father as he prepares the earth for the return of his son in glory and power and majesty and all dominion will belong to you, Jesus. All the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. And he will reign forever and ever. So thank you, God, that you are training us for battle. We bless you this morning. Keep equipping us. Keep training us. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.